Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast co-hosts, and you can follow me on X, uh, Twitter, whatever they're calling it these days, at Talkin' ACC Sports. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-A-C-C Sports. You can follow the moderator, Matthew, at ASD underscore Hokey Smash. But he spends a lot more t- of his time these days at All Sports DACC. That's the All Sports Discussion.com Twitter account. That's at ALLSPORTSDACC. I'll turn it over to our moderator, Matthew, as we begin our podcast. And have fun, man, and have fun. Jeff, did you watch the Grammys tonight a little bit? Did you see a little bit of it or no? Did you any bit of it? I did not see any of it. <laughs> okay, so there's one video that you will see on your timeline because everybody is retweeting it. Um, tonight, uh, Tracy Chapman and Luke, Com- Luke Combs did a duet on Fast Car, and it's incredible. And you know she's the first, she's the first black woman to in history to have the sole writing credit on a number one country song when his cover of her 1988 song, oh my god, 1988, Fast Car hit the top of the chart last year, and they did a duet tonight, and you'll see it flying across your timeline. I retweeted it at allsportsdiscussion.com on the Twitter. But you'll probably see it multiple times right now. It'll be one of the most popular videos. It was really good. It was extremely solid. And I recommend that you check it out because that was a that was a hell of a performance. You're probably not gonna probably not gonna see too many performances like that on the stage at the Gram- Grammys ever Grammys ever again. R- very rarely do we see like an R and B song, you know, get covered by a country singer. And that and that was pretty that was pretty that was pretty good. That was pretty solid. So before we start the podcast, Jeff, is there anything that you want to plug on the website? And that's our website. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they're at allsportsdiscussion.com. If you haven't checked out the blog, um, you'll find us, you know, blogging on the ACC, a uh, little bit of what else is going on in sports. Uh, you know, right now we're on a, a weekly rant against the two or three bid ACC bid bid narrative that somehow has permeated a uh, logical thinking. Um, but definitely check that out. And you'll also find me on Twitter at um, talking ACC sports that we've already um, uh, mentioned earlier. And then, you know, Matthew's uh, main site. And then his, the one that he um pretty much is managing these days the all sports DACC site so any anything um, we're working on you'll find on one of those accounts and of course this podcast so appreciate the listens out there you recently wrote on Virginia Jeff yes uh, tell, to tell our tell our readers about that yeah first of all I was I went yesterday uh, to the Clemson Virginia game and um, you know I, I came away so impressed with with Virginia in that one point when going on the road to Clemson and I mean if, if you do not think that Virginia 
is an N- I mean, an NCA lock. If the selections were t- tomorrow and you don't have them as a lock for the tournament, I, I really question your ability to understand what's good basketball because Virginia is an absolute NCAA team and Tony Bennett's doing it again. I mean, he, he's a future Hall of Famer. Um, he's just an outstanding coach. And, you know, early in the year, uh, Virginia got off to a little bit of a slow start in conference play. Uh, you saw some of their, you know, potential earlier in the year when they knocked off Florida. Uh, I think they also uh, beat Texas A&M on, on, on Virginia's home floor. And so you, 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 you felt like, hey, you know, they might be all right. But, you know, North Carolina, Duke sprinting out ahead of everyone. Um, Clemson playing so well in the non-conference. Other people were looking at Wake Forest getting healthy. And you kind of, you know, Virginia's kind of flying under the, under the radar. And, you know, now they've won six games in a row. They figured it out on the road where they really struggled earlier in the year. They're, you know, they've got uh, Miner on the inside who, you know, Matthew, you and I talked about that, um, you know, honestly, he wore out P.J. Hall and, and not that he was just on the offensive end. You know, that's not where you always wear out a player by outscoring him. He didn't outscore P.J. Hall, but he made P.J. Hall yeah, work so such hard. Such a physical, physical defensive yeah. player that. You know, and when he came back, and it, 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 he seemed to really figure it out when he played against Virginia Tech, you know, the defense, and then he just went on a run, and he makes you work for every single point. I mean, P.J. Hall certainly is, I think you and I would agree with that, Jeff. He is on the short list, certainly for ACC Player of the Year, and he is a first-team All-A's, probably a first-team All-ACC player. But you're absolutely, you bring up a great point. Jordan Miner made him work his ass off for his points yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hall ended up shooting four from 16 uh, from the field. He was one for six from three. That was a big reason why, why Clemson. And, and you know, that happens, especially when you've got an inside-out guy like that who's got to work so hard uh, against a physical player like Miner. I mean, it's it's going to affect your jump shot. It just, you know, it just does um, because you're working so hard. Uh, personally, I think – you know, that Brad Brunell should have just left PJ, you know, in, in the paint and kind of told him and, and told him to stop leaking out, you know, on the three point shot, you know, unless he had like a completely wide open shot um, because he was just, he was expending so much energy with, with minor who I think he ended up with nine points and nine rebounds, you know, in a really blue collar effort. And he, he's so physical. It really gave Hall a lot of trouble. But then um, the other kind of unsung hero in that game was uh, Reese Beekman on Joe Girard. Um, I kind of watched that matchup, and 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 poor Girard. I mean, <laughs> he just couldn't get away from. You know, I'm probably from I'm, I'm going to leak something a little bit here, Jeff. But Reese Beekman is is I think the best defensive player in the ACC. I I. Um, if, if if it's not if it's not Beekman, it might be uh, Be- Beekman's team and the Dunn uh, kid yeah, who's leading exactly, the league. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, and that, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Beekman is just—he's sick, and I think he's—I think he's just a crazy good defensive player. 
and he made Joe Girard made Joe Girard look silly. He was on him like he was on him like glue, you know. So and that was I mean it's I mean it's a tough clubs is a tough place to win at. I mean and 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 I would say that any really any road venue in the ACC is tough these days, right? I mean it's tough just tough getting a road period. Uh, on the road in the ACC, and that was a heck of a that was a heck of a uh, ha, ha, you know ha, ha, heck of a win by Virginia yesterday. So I mean, certainly, certainly, we're kind of kind of segueing into the next topic, Jeff. But your ACC team of the week, I think you kind of talked about them, right? Yeah, I mean, we might as well just kind of continue on with 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 Virginia. Um, you know, went. Went two and zero this week. Um, extended their winning streak. Uh, like I said, if you don't have them in your NCAA tournament projections this week, I mean, I, I don't know what you're watching. Uh, Tony Bennett, you know, he's got them, you know, playing that vintage Virginia lockdown defense, but he's starting to get contributions on the offensive side of the uh, on the offensive side of the ball. They're starting to get that perimeter, you know, shooting game going i mean they're, they're virginia's you know they're not going to put up 90 points a game but they're, they're starting to look like a typical tony bennett team that's just going to drive you crazy and you know winning winning back-to-back games this week not going to win that clemson i mean you know they're solidly in third spot in the acc for that double buy and you know they're getting hot at the right time so virginia virginia is my team of the week and you know, going back to Tony Bennett, just just doing an outstanding job over the last, you know, month of basketball, getting that Virginia team to to get better and better. Okay, I'm gonna just say this: uh, Virginia Tech certainly probably fits the bill for most disappointing ACC team of the week. Virginia Tech did not have a did not have a good week. Um, I'm gonna give Mike. You know, unfortunately, Mike, Mike Mike Young has a pretty limited roster right now with McKay Long out, and you can't go. I mean, he has a short rotation. He has some roster weaknesses that are causing problems. And I'll give you a good example, Jeff, because I went through. Do you remember Coleman Collins, Jeff? Do you remember Coleman Collins? Yep. Uh, and I know you met, I mentioned Victor Davila. I know you remember him, but Coleman, Coleman, both those players played for Seth Greenberg. They were, they were tough in the post. Would you agree with that? Those guys were physical, immovable blocks in the yep. post. Yep. That's for sure. That's what, that's what Virginia Tech is missing. And, and I'm telling you, man, Jeff, Virginia Tech does not need a, you know, if you're a big guy like those, you know, those guys that I mentioned, Victor Dobler or Coleman Collins, they weren't world beaters on the scoring end, right? But they would give you good defense, good rebounding, and a few points. I mean, if you're world beaters on the scoring end and you do all those things, that those positive things I said, you're not going to Virginia Tech anyway. You're at Duke or North Carolina. And so Virginia Tech is missing that pre- that presence in the post, interior post death, and it's caught – it causes problems then when you go along because they were they were ahead for a while against Duke. They were ahead for a while for a greater majority of the game against Miami. But then, you know, if you you know you come in you come into a situation where your roster isn't isn't deep enough and it causes you problems and it and it makes me think that Virginia Tech is probably an NIT team at best because they just don't have the rotation. 
And I'm going to, you know, I'm probably going to say a little bit about this, Jeff. I mean, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but I saw a bunch of Hokies complaints, fans complaining about the direction of the program, saying that Mike Young doesn't have any idea what he's doing. I'm not really ready to say that yet <laughs> because, and they're saying that, okay, you know, he, you know, he got a miraculous run and in the, you know, won the ACC tournament. That's the only thing that he was good for. And I was like, well, I don't know that I'm ready to push Mike out the door yet, but I think he has to fix some of those roster deficiencies that, that caused this, that, you know, that put Virginia Tech in this spot to be the most disappointing team of the week. I don't know what, did I, did I sum that well? Jeff, was I reasonable? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a big part of the issue um, with Virginia Tech. And I mean, you know, right there coming into the week, they're on the bubble and you, you just can't go two and oh, when you had two quad one opportunities, you know, you, you had Duke at home. You couldn't close that one. You had a 10 point lead in the second half against um, Miami and then they just ran out of gas. And I think a lot of it does have to do with what you describe because, you know, if Padula and Couture aren't going off at the guard position, I mean, they really, they really struggle you know, getting baskets. And you could really see that in that game. Um, so I definitely agree that Virginia Tech is was the one of the more disappointing teams of the week. And then also, I would have to put Florida State in there, too. Louisville is um, not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you lose to Louisville, and, and, and that's just bad and no matter 101 what. 101 <laughs> points, I think, those boys scored against Florida State. Yeah, exactly. one point that they scored against Florida State. I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, that's that, yeah. I, that, I, I can I say though, shout out to Wake Forest for that for that significant win on the road. I mean, like blowing out, blowing or not blow, not on the road, but I mean, blowing out Syracuse. That was a that was a. I I didn't see a I didn't see them blowing out Syracuse like that. To be frank, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Um, that was almost 30 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if Wake Forest could ever put back-to-back games together, <laughs> they would be an NCAA team. I mean, they look great one minute, and they just ran Syracuse off the court. Okay, man, let, let's, get out, let's look at the upcoming week, Jeff. Which ACC game are you looking forward to most this coming week? And – who would you say is on upset alert? I mean, there there actually could be a lot of teams on upset alert this week. I mean, this seems to be a week where where anything could happen. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Matthew. I mean, as far as like, you know, bona fide marquee matchups, uh, it's it's not really a huge week, but it's a huge week in the sense that there are a lot of bubble teams that need to avoid, you know, upsets. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at, you know, we just talked about them, Wake Forest. I mean, they're going on the road to play at Georgia Tech. And um, you don't know what you're going to get with Georgia Tech. Uh, I mean, they this past week, um, they knocked off North Carolina after getting blown out at Virginia Tech. And, I mean, I think there's not a person in the country that doesn't have uh, North Carolina as a number one seed right now. Uh, and they're running just rough shot over the ACC, but they went down to Atlanta and, and Georgia tech and maybe, 
even if you say that North Carolina might have been looking ahead uh, a little bit to Duke in that game, I mean, they fell behind, you know, in those final two minutes uh, against North Carolina and and responded and knocked them off. You know, you, you just I th- Georgia Tech is the one team in the conference that is literally capable of knocking off anybody or losing to anybody on a given night. And uh, Wake Forest, uh, they better be ready f- uh, for Georgia Tech when they head into Atlanta. Um, Clemson at Syracuse. Man, it's, it's unbelievable to be thinking that a team like Clemson with the wins they had in the non-conference against Alabama, South Carolina, TCU, Boise State – is 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 headed straight for the bubble at at their current trajectory and it's not even that they've played that bad but they've now lost three one position one possession games in a row you know they lose uh, you know Georgia Tech again knocking off Clemson on the road uh in double overtime a couple a couple weeks ago then Clemson loses a one point game to Duke uh last week and then they lose a one point game to Virginia they got to go to North Carolina this week. Um, I don't like their chances. Everybody knows about their history. You know, something, whatever that record is, like one in 56 or something like that. Um, they lose that game to North Carolina, and they're four and seven going to Syracuse in the ACC. And they lose that one, and they're four games under 500 in the conference. Even what what they did earlier in the year, pre-conference, I don't think that that's not an NCAA resume. So that's then Syracuse, you know, they're at home. I mean, that's a dangerous game for Clemson, really dangerous. Um, North Carolina going on the road at Miami this week. Uh, Miami is desperate for a marquee quad one win. Um, you know, they're they're on the fringe of the bubble right now, and if they could knock off North Carolina, uh, that would just be you know, huge for their, huge for their resume. And I, and I mean, I think they're, they're capable of playing with North Carolina, um, you know, on their home floor. Um, I, I think they, that that's a game that North Carolina has to be ready for. And then, uh, Virginia at Florida state, um, you know, we've seen Florida state be pretty, play pretty well at home, Virginia. We've been talking about them in this podcast, kind of riding high here. Um, but that that's a dangerous game in Tallahassee, and uh, you know then another one I'm looking out for on Saturday is is NC State at Wake Forest. Uh, you know that that's that's a bubble game of bubble games there. Uh, NC State if they could go on the road against Wake Forest that's that's a quad one win. Um, Wake Forest you can't afford to lose that game. So I'm not looking at that one as an upset alert, but that that's a game where the the winner you know, really makes a makes a move trying to get their NCAA position solidified. So, you know, maybe not so many marquee games this week, but man, there's a lot of intriguing games uh, with with NCAA implications out there. I think you know. So this is no, this is no, this these are marquee games, Jeff. We can't not say that these are marquee games. If Jim, yeah, Phillips, fair enough, fair enough. If Jim Phillips isn't going to do that. I'm going to do do that because NC State played Wake Forest. That was a hell of a game the first time, okay? And people were complaining about the officiating. And, well, so, I mean, I think that was one of the worst. I I had no dog in that fight, as they say, right? I had no no opinion. You know, I wasn't cheerleading for either team. 
it was a horribly officiated game on both sides. And I'm shot. I, and it better be I'm 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 thinking, I'm thinking myself, Jeff, that they will not have the same officials there the second time. I mean, I know that there were complaint complaints there, and I'm actually I'm actually looking forward to that game more than anything, Jeff. Uh, I more than any game in the ACC on Saturday, because I actually think I actually think that that's going to be like that's going to be the most competitive game on Saturday. Now watch it, watch it be a blowout on one way or another, and I, I'm completely wrong. But that that first game was really that first game between those two teams was great, and you know people are, I mean. People are always interested in watching when, when you know whenever Wake, NC State, Duke, or or um, or uh, NC State play North Carolina play. Excuse me. Uh, they always have an interest in watching watching that game, and I and I, I will make t- I will make time to watch that game, Jeff. Yep. So, Jeff, what are some national games you're looking forward to? I tell you, one of the, one of the games I'm looking at, um, you know, there, there's a couple games this week that that I think are pretty intriguing. Um, you you got Alabama going on the road to Auburn. Uh, of course, that's a huge rivalry game in the SEC, and that's two of the better teams uh, in that league for positioning, uh, NCAA positioning. So I think that that that's one of the you know should be a highly competitive, uh, entertaining game between two athletic ball clubs. Um, Gonzaga at Kentucky, uh, kind of squeezing that in in the middle of conference season, and uh, man, that's a that's a huge game for both of those teams. Uh, Gonzaga, you know, Saturday night, not able to get a win uh, against St. Mary's on their home floor, and a lot of people, you know, say that Gonzaga is not in the field, you know, right at the moment. But if they go on the road. And knock off Kentucky. Whew, what, what would that do for their resume? And at the same time, um, Kentucky, you know, shocker of all shockers, you know, John Calipari is not getting the most out of an extremely talented team. <laughs> and <laughs> where have we seen that before? He's <laughs> got a roster full of future NBAers in there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. I was, I was, I was kind of chuckling here, thinking, God, Purdue could lose this game today, and. They'd be coming right on and right, 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 ready for their march, uh, mar- march drive off the cliff. So, but they won. They, they ended up, but they ended up winning. So that narrative, uh, like I couldn't quite have that fun narrative on Twitter. That's a good one, Jeff. I enjoyed that. Very good. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I mean, K- Kentucky's kind of they're they're uh, they're leaking water here. Uh, that they, they've lost a couple games in Rupp Arena. Um, I don't think anyone would have them among the top two or three SEC teams right now. They're not playing well. They're not playing well defensively. They just lost at home to Tennessee, and so Tennessee, I don't think Gonzaga has. Flavor, although Tennessee's pretty good. I mean, I, I don't know that that's a terrible loss, right? I, I mean, on your on your home floor, though, if if you're an elite team, if you're an elite team, um, you know, you, you you might lose to Tennessee. But I think they also. I'm having to go back and look. I think they lost to Florida at Florida, home. The Florida one's uh, the worst one. That, that's worse, I think. I think Florida one's worse. Yeah, that that, that that's definitely worse. And I mean that, you know, Kentucky's Kentucky's not a team that's right now playing, you know, to their talent that's level. True. I'm with you. Um, I'm of with what you. people expected, and so I think there's an opportunity for Gonzaga to go in there 
And, and, you know, they shouldn't have to feel like, oh, we're going into this impossible environment when, you know, we've already seen a couple teams do it recently. Um, yeah, you know, you know, you know what I would like to see, Jeff, I'd like to see Texas A&M beat Kentucky again, if they could, because Kentucky already got him once this year, or excuse me, Texas A&M already got him once this year. That's buzz. It could, it could happen because they're, they're experienced and they're strong. That's an experienced, strong team that buzz has and a dark horse in the NCAA tournament because they, his team, you know, his there, it'll be. It'll be inter- it'll be inter- interesting to see, but I, I we we just have to go back and say it. We don't have intriguing games, Jeff. We have marquee games because these are all these are going to determine whether we have six bet- bids this week. The outcomes of these these I'm going to say it. If Jim Phillips is not going to say it, I'm going to say it. These games are going to determine whether we have five or six bids, Jeff. <laughs> I'm out here. I'm out here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on. I'm out here plugging five that. or six beds. That's me. Uh, if Jim Phillips isn't going to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Has anybody heard from him? I think he did it. He did an interview with uh, Roddy Jones on ACC this week. I think I, I, there's there's an alleged rumor that he did an interview with was somebody. He, <laughs> I wonder was he was he was he was he in Chapel Hill on Saturday? I mean, I'm actually asking that as a serious question. Uh, I, I think I heard that he was going to be going to that game. He wasn't in Blacksburg, Jeff. He wasn't in Blacksburg, Jeff. I mean, and, and I don't want to sound wasn't. like a, I don't want to sound like a horse's ass here, but the world doesn't result revolve around the nine one nine. I mean, you, if you're ACC commissioner, you should be going to, you know, to important conference matchups in multiple ACC schools in, in regions around the country. Ain't no argument there. I, and I think he should be doing interviews. He should be fighting for his conference. Um, yeah. I mean, we could talk a long time about where Mr. Phillips is week in and week out. <laughs> oh, and I got to make sure I, I give a shout out to our friend uh, friends over at Duke football coverage. I'm not eating this week on the podcast. <laughs> I promised I'm not eating this week. I forgot and had my – I didn't – I accidentally had myself – out there eating beef jerky so i'll shout myself out for that jeff man i'm going to talk about for georgia tech basketball here men's basketball here first this is probably an unqualified success i would say i mean we're in february you know only a few games left in conference play perhaps an unqualified success in damon stoudemire's first year as georgia tech head coach because really they beat north carolina and duke and I'm not sure that there's very many ACC teams that can actually say that. I think Georgia Tech may be the only one in the conference that can say that. Am I wrong? No. Uh, yeah, they're not. Not only are the only one of the only teams to to beat Duke, they're the only team to have beaten North Carolina, and therefore they are absolutely the only team who's been able to knock off both of them. That and that's a, that's an unqualified success for I would say for Dom, Damon Stoudemire for his first year. So shout out to Damon Stoudemire. Now, closing here, Georgia Tech football. I mean, Georgia Tech football ended up getting a bowl win this year. This is a and got to a bowl game, right? I mean, this is a. I mean, for for Brent Keys, this is this is a big deal, and it shows that there's certainly a turnaround in the program. You've got to be. You've got to feel pretty. 
you know, like, you know, you're in a pretty good spot for your major revenue sports at Georgia Tech. Am I correct, Jeff? Well, I, I think definitely um, for the first time, there's there's optimism around both sports at the same time, probably for the first time in, in nearly 15 years. Uh, you know, you talked about Stoudemire. And I think he's doing a lot like what Brent Key did in his first year. Um, you know, th there's too many roster limitations for for him to be able to fix everything in, in one year. It's kind of like what Key had to do in the first year. There were some some roadblocks in Key's first season, but you but you saw enough like the upset at North Carolina um, in his in his first year, uh, Brent Key the win at Pittsburgh that says, Hey, this guy's got something kind of working here, you know, and then he goes on to have a, a successful, you know, season for Georgia tech this year, you know, that what you mentioned, the first bowl win uh, since 2016, first winning season since 18. And I think that parallels what we've seen with, with Stoudemire. And you mentioned the Duke and North Carolina wins. Those are kind of like proof of concept, wins i mean the roster of georgia tech's a little bit limited but you knock off both of those teams in the same year these these two teams this duke team this north carolina team and it just you're just looking at it like you know what can he do when he's got his full roster of guys in and then not to mention he he won at clemson which which like you said earlier not an easy place to win he beat mississippi state that you know, Joe Lenardi's got in his field of the NCAA tournament, and a lot of people have in their – I mean, he's beaten four – if the tournament were tomorrow, they've got four wins over NCAA tournament teams in year number one. And, um, you know, there have been hiccups on the team. Uh, I mean, I think they struggle defensively right now um, with consistency on that side of the ball. But Stoudemire is recruiting well, and you've seen enough to say, hey, that, that's no fluke to beat – to beat Duke in North Carolina, especially this North Carolina team, you know, as good as Duke was, I know Proctor got hurt in that game, but I mean, you you don't back into those kind of wins. What he's doing has got people excited. And, um, you know, what you said about Brent key, we're starting to see that too. He made a great hire at offensive coordinator and Buster uh, Faulkner, who, who turned uh, Haynes King into one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC this past year and who might be the best returning quarterback in the conference, you know, right up there with, with drones, they're probably like one a and one B coming back uh, next season, the ACC and, and everybody saw what, what that offense did against, you know, Georgia in that final game for the, the season, he, he ran for more yards against that Georgia defense than anybody has in like, four years i think it was only the second time a kirby smart defense had given up more than 200 yards of offense and and he i mean they had georgia's defense reeling and, and nick saban even kind of alluded to it you know that they looked at what georgia tech did on that game to have success against georgia that was not a fluke they they pushed georgia around and we and georgia might be you know the premier they sure did man but the premier football program in the country over the last three years. And, and they had them on their heels. Now, Georgia, you know, won the game. They were still, you know, much more talented across the board and all that. But 
Um, there's not a Georgia Tech fan who looked at that game and said, what am I seeing here? You know, here our offensive line is going toe-to-toe with one of the best defenses in college football. So, that, you know, the schedule going into next season for Georgia Tech is, is again, um, you know, very difficult. Uh, you know, I, I don't think – I think the schedule is going to kind of limit how many games they can win. But, I mean, they, they can win – they can go next year and win seven or eight games and, and pull an upset or two, knock off a couple people that they shouldn't. Um, they got a lot of returning talent on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they got to figure out what they're going to do on defense. Um, new defensive coordinator there, some roster turnover. Um, but I, I think both, both, both programs are in the same position and it's just, there's optimism. There's optimism there that we hadn't seen in a long time. Definitely. Definitely. Jeff, I'm going to start first in our open microphone segment, because first of all, shout out to the, uh, North Carolina women's basketball coach for going zone defense in overtime and away from the man-to-man defense that was working and forgetting that Virginia Tech women can hit three-point shots. I enjoyed that. I'm shocked that she did that. And I'm saying this as a fan base, as a fan here and taking off my ACC hat. Thank you for thank you for going away from what was working at Made by Day. <laughs> but on a serious note, Jeff, Okay, I have maybe eight ACC women's basketball teams in the NCAA tournament today, and maybe nine if Georgia Tech can make a move, and maybe ten if if Miami can make a move. I'm actually dead serious between eight and ten for the NCAA tournament. I'm saying a minimum eight teams today for women's basketball. It's what men's basketball used to be, you know, in terms of the the depth, it's just really freaking incredible. There's a huge game this week, Jeff. Um, on Thursday this week, Virginia Tech goes into NC State to to play NC State, and you know if you're you're going you're looking at the you're looking at at uh, the rankings right now. Virginia Tech's the only one of the only teams that beats NC State this year. You hope the Hokies women are 18 and four overall, nine and two in the conference. NC State is 19-2 overall, 7-2 in the conference. They play at 8 p.m. in a rematch in Raleigh at 8 o'clock on Thursday night. Um, I haven't – I didn't get a chance to check to see whether that was on the A's. I don't know what network that's on. Uh, I think – in fact, I think – you know what, Jeff? I think that's a marquee. A Shout-out to the ACC network. It's actually on the ACC network at 8 o'clock. What a marquee matchup like that on Thursday night. And – my point in saying all this is that it's really been fun for me to watch ACC women's basketball this year because, I mean, I joked about North Carolina earlier, but they gave Virginia Tech a hard time in what I thought almost felt like an NCAA tournament game today. Virginia Tech won an overtime in, Ch- in Chapel Hill, but they North Carolina, <clears throat> North Carolina gave Kit Lee every – I mean, they were all over her, double and triple teaming her. They were – Playing defense on Georgia, tough defense on Georgia Amor, and just a—I mean, if I was surprised, you know, I was surprised that they went zone when the man-to-man was working so well. But they—they they made a switch in overtime, and Virginia Tech recognized it. And Kenny Kenny Brooks, is, of course, is a good coach and recognized it, and he was able to get his shooters open and cl- close the, close out the game in overtime. 
But it's been fun for me to watch women's basketball just like really go to new heights in the ACC this year. We talk about we always talk about men's basketball here on this podcast, but the women are the women are really playing well this year with with like I said, anywhere between eight. I I think anywhere between eight and ten teams. If you can see Miami and Georgia Tech make a move, what are your thoughts there, Jeff? Yeah, I mean. Um... ACC, the women's ACC basketball, I mean, one of the, one of the top conferences uh, in the country. I don't, you know, Matthew, I, I'd love to see 10 ACC teams in there, uh, but that, that that might be a stretch. But when you really, when you look at it, I mean, it, it really looks like they can get eight teams into the field and um, it wouldn't be out of the question to, to see an NC State um or a Virginia Tech or a Louisville, you know, put together a deep tournament run. Or Notre Dame, Notre Dame knocked off UConn, um, you know, here recently. And I mean, there's three or four ACC teams that could very well be in the Elite Eight. And and you know, if if maybe they if maybe they can avoid being in South Carolina's back bracket or, or having to see Caitlin Clark in Iowa, if they catch a break or two, you know, you could very well see a, an ACC team in the final four as well. I think so, too. Well. I, think so I, mean, too. I, I think Virginia Tech's going to host a regional, and I think Louisville's going to host a regional, and I think NC State's going to host a regional, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be at, at all surprised if you see four or five ACC teams make the second weekend of the tournament. Um you know, I'm not sure if they've got a team that could, you know, run all the way to the national championship and, and win it all. But, I mean, they've got several teams that can make very deep runs uh, in the tournament. Definitely. What do you got for your open mic, Jeff? Let's hear it, man. Man, I, I, Matthew, I, f- I feel a little bit like a broken record. Um, but it's it just this stuff just continues to blow my mind that after yesterday – after Virginia's win over over Clemson, that they weren't an MCA lock, um, Lenardi, you know, as one of the bracketologists with the biggest platform, still has Virginia not in the field. Still has the ACC with only three bids. Uh, let me point out something today. You know what? I made this tweet this afternoon, and. This 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 tweet I made has has been more popular than a, a tweet about realignment. It's it's had over a hundred thousand views since this afternoon. Um, his last four by teams that Lunardi has: Mississippi State, St. John's, Boise State, and Texas A and M. F and um, Boise, F and Boise you, State. You've got to be kidding me with Boise State. You know what, Jeff? Let, let, let me ask you: Have you have you seen that tweet yet that I've made? Have you seen I, it? I have not, but the Boise State. No, I have to take a look at it. Uh, you you'll, okay. you know what? You'll have to at me, after the podcast. Put me out. Put me out. Uh, tweet hit hit me up. I think, no, uh, that's, that's perfect that you haven't seen it because I'm going to ask you: These last four NCA buys, not even last four in. What do you think those four? These are four NCAA teams. What do you think they're? How many rec- wins do you think they have against ACC teams? I, and I'll, I'll even give you a hint. I would they say, play. I would say those zero, four I would schools. Say zero. Zero would be correct yeah. in five yeah, tries. I knew, I knew that. No, I knew it was zero. I knew it was zero. I knew it was zero because I. I mean, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, I mean, I, I, I remember watching Texas A&M like play Virginia and I was thinking, gosh, are they going to be able to hit a basket in 10 minutes? And you know what I mean? 10 minutes time. I mean, I was joking a little bit, but you know, I wasn't far off. Yeah. Zero would be, uh, zero would be correct. And, and this is not against, it's not like they played five games against Duke and North Carolina. This was four of the games were against the bottom half of the ACC. Virginia is the only one, and you just mentioned them, that beat one of those uh, in those five games. That was an upper, you know, upper half ACC team. Mississippi State lost at Georgia Tech. St. John's lost to Boston College. Boise State lost to Virginia Tech and Clemson, and then Texas A&M lost to Virginia. The last four teams that do not even have to go to Dayton that Lenardi has 0-5 against the ACC's bottom half. Is this just about the Rick Pitino redemption tour? Or do they just want to talk do they just want to talk on TV about the about the strippers that were at Louisville and whether he has the same <laughs> quality strippers at St. John's, Jeff? I'm sorry, I'm being a sp- I, I- I don't I don't know what's going on with with let me you know what I looked at that yesterday. I don't even know how people have St. John's on the bubble right now. Um you want to be able to talk about St. John's is 85 85 in the net. They have one Q1 win. They're 1 in 6 against the Q1 and here, here's this is all about oh my gosh. this is all about talking about Rick Rick Patino doing the NIL with the strippers before there was a such thing as gosh, I'm such a smart they, ass here, but anyway, go ahead. They've got t- <laughs> it, it just turned to February. They've already lost 10 times. I mean, oh, I, I guess uh, yeah, you got I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what's get going on. I mean, I'm not saying that St. John shouldn't be on the bubble, but um. A team to be zero and five. Those four four teams against the ACC, and and you can stay with a straight face that the ACC is a three bid league, and they're knocking off you, the, all the teams in your in your in your NCAA field. Head, I mean, head something's, something's just not head, adding head up here. Should f and mean something? I think. I mean, you would think. I mean, we're so. I mean, I was saying this during the football season. We've gotten so lost in the metrics that we don't look at the most obvious measurement point out there and those are head-to-head results i don't know what's going on i'm if, if the azc gets three bids i'm, I'm just gonna lose my mind <laughs> it's, it's, it's bs jeff i i know what you're saying and uh, but you know what jeff you know how i talked about it here earlier we're doing the lobbying now jeff and i i think it's gonna be five or six myself so i just can't i mean and and it's gonna change you know there's you know, there will be certain things that happen, I think, that may help the ACC because, you 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 know, conference tournaments never go one way. I I remember one, you know, and I'll have to go back and research this, Jeff, but do you remember, it must have been five years ago, where I think the Mountain West had, you know, and John Rothstein was just talking about it on Twitter, oh, this is the best the Mountain West has ever been! You know, and, and I was... Oh, my gosh, that was insane, was too. Oh, you know, so <laughs> awesome! You know, and he said it a few years ago, too. I'm sorry I'm being over dramatic here, but he said, you know, a few years ago, they got all these teams in the tournament, and you know, and I and I, I was getting these tweets at our account about how, well, maybe the ACC is just not as good anymore, and the athletes go to 
go to the freaking you know Mountain West, and they, and they were all out after the first weekend, and there were three teams that were in the Sweet Sixteen, and you know I don't think that the I don't think that they're going to make the same mistake again. Jeff is my point. They're not. They're just not doing. I think one would think. <laughs> I think. I mean, this is like. I, I don't think that's happening, Jeff. And I, you know, and like I said, there will be some things that happen where you've got teams that lose games and conference tournaments that'll help bubble teams in the ACC. That always happens, right? You know, it just it, it's, but it comes down to you know what you said before, and you've said this on Twitter several times, or you know that you just got to take care of business. And if but if you're not taking care of business and you're losing to you know going zero and two in a week, or you know losing you know losing you know you know, losing again, you know, your NC State, like you lose against Virginia Tech and, you know, because you decided not to throw the ball inside and, and instead, you know, shoot 50, you know, two out of two out of, you know, 17 from three point in the first three point land in the first half, even though Virginia Tech commits 15 turnovers and you lose the game and you lose the game at home of your NC State. Well, you've got to be able to take care of business. So the order is to take care of business and then let the event, I guess, as we say, Jeff, right, let the events take care of themselves, right? Yeah. Jeff, this was fun. I enjoyed talking to you tonight. So have a great week, Jeff. This is the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast, the longest-running independent ACC podcast in the country. We are off for Super Bowl week, but we will be back with a vengeance the following week with some awesome guests. So stay tuned. Have a great week, Jeff. You do, Matt.